oh wait i'm the boss i can just do that like, <laughs> it's up to me now i'm mr manager say manager <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 178 of the Erasable Podcast. I'm Johnny, the Dude Gamber, and I'm here with Tim, Walter, Wassum, Andy, the Nihilist, Welfly. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey. It's happy March. Happy, happy March. Almost spring. The intro abides. That was nice. I like that. <laughs> it really ties the Andy. podcast together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody was Donnie. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think of it. Who would be I believe Donnie? in nothing. Yeah. Believe nothing. <laughs> so uh, later on, we're going to get to chat with Ashley Coxum of the Paper Herald, which is a stationery shop in downtown Baltimore. Yay, Charm City! And um, we have a a lot of questions to ask her. So why don't we jump right into Tools of the Trade? Do you want to go first, Andy? Yeah, happy to go. I did not write any of this down, so I apologize <laughs> in advance for just winging it. But I am in the middle of reading a um, really great book of short stories by Ursula K. Le Guin. It's one of her many books of short stories. This one is called The Birthday of the World and Other Stories. And it has some really good, just some just really good short stories that take place in some of her kind of existing universes. Like the, the one that they call it the, the Hainish universe. It's the people of the left hand of darkness, the people who like don't have gender until they're about ready to mate, in which case they like their bodies just turn into turn into a gender and the, the societal structures around that. So a few stories set in that universe, a few stories set in a different one. Just just so she's so imaginative, like her universes are so interesting and the rules that are built in the society around that is really good. So re- reading that, I am what are we watching on TV? Just a lot of stuff that I've mentioned before, but we one one thing of note is that Star Trek Picard season two just started, which <laughs> is the Michael Shabon showrunner Star Trek, and it's he's the showrunner. Like, yeah, he wrote the first. He wrote a few episodes in season one, and I think he's still the showrunner. He was for season one at least. Yeah, I, it's, I knew that he had done some writing, but I didn't realize he was that like instrumental in it. Yeah, he was. Yeah, just a really big part of it. I. Yeah, it's one of those shows. There's so much sort of just like pandering to Star Trek fans. Like that's the whole point of it. It's just like, hey, let's bring Patrick Stewart and guests back. And <laughs> this one is no different. <laughs> that has Whoopi Goldberg playing her character Guinan, who was a semi-regular in the Next Generation. She's back. Q is back. John Delancey, the actor who played like sort of a sem- semi-omnipotent, like non-corporeal being, who was definitely like sure. just yeah, just like a. <laughs> kind of the mulligan of the show like he can do anything go anywhere whatever and they just use him as like they're sort of like magic trickster he's the he's the johnny of star trek yes yes he is go anywhere do anything <laughs> makes a lot of zines yeah so he's back he showed up at the last episode of the the first se- this the season but also just really good universe building and characters like star trek always is so yeah, that is back. I'm looking forward to that. And I am writing with a, I just picked this up out of just a disc drawer, a Palomino Blackwing Cal Cedar, the, the one with the green eraser and the green print. It was, it's not the, it, it's not the first extra firm, but it's the like, I can't remember. This one is an extra firm, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is the first yeah. extra firm. I think they were, yeah, they were getting ready to, I think probably release the, the like regular stock Blackwing extra firm, the natural, and they, they just put this one out. So just found this one in Destroyer and it's almost to the Steinbeck stage. It's almost perfect. So writing with that in my, in my Baron Fig confidant. How about you, Tim? 
Nice. Uh, a couple days ago, I started reading Storyteller by Dave Grohl, which I'd been I'm like actively avoiding since it had come out. Because Is that because Dave Grohl sucks? <laughs> it's because <laughs> Foo Fighters suck. I like both do. <laughs> I've tried as a fan of big like rock groups, like talking like Tom Petty and stuff like that. Like I, I always thought like, man, I bet I would like the Foo Fighters. And then I listened to them and then I changed my mind very quickly. But as somebody who's been in Nirvana and has been around for a while and I've heard a couple of interviews with them, I was like, ah, oh, crap, there's going to be some good stories in here about like, cause I am just a sucker for rock and roll stories. So this is basically Really he memoir. seems like such a smart guy. Like Johnny, did he like insult your mother or something? Like what? <laughs> I really just hate it's Foo Fighters and I hate Dave Grohl so much. <laughs> as um, an artist or as a human? Both, mostly as an artist. My friend Paul that I've been playing music with since we were teenagers like loves Foo Fighters, and I every once in a while I listen to him with an open mind. No, I can't take it. <laughs> no. Yeah, I just yeah, my Foo Fighters I just can't get into. I love Nirvana. And I, when I hear interviews with him, he seems like great, very yes. entertaining to me. He was just on uh, Hot Ones, The Wing. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is a really good episode. And it seems like there's not a whole lot of editing that goes on in that show. And he, sh- <laughs> it, it, well, I'm just saying that not to make fun of it, but just that like when he came onto the show, he showed up with Crown Royal and they did like six shots over the course of that episode of hot ones. And that it's only like 25 minutes long. Like I'd be like in the hospital by the end of that, but he was, was you know, alcohol is supposed to help you ease the heat on. Yeah. Maybe that's why it was just a long con. Yeah. That's why he was doing it. I, I definitely like, I'm not really a huge Nirvana fan, not a Foo Fighters fan really, but like Dave Grohl is a human is a really interesting, compelling person. Like I, that whole thing with that little girl who was like a drummer and challenged him to like a drum off on YouTube. And eventually he like had her on as a live performance or something. Like, I think he just Uh seems like a really like cool, interesting guy. I saw that video of him that was going around when the stuff happened at the Travis Scott concert or whatever. Yeah. That video of him, like shouting down an entire crowd and like getting this kid and his family like up on stage. Cause they were getting like crushed in the front. It's like, yeah, I think he's got a good heart. He has that sweet feather tattoo on his forearm, too. I like that tattoo. He has a giant feather on his forearm, like <laughs> the bottom of his forearm. So, I mean, it's not as cool as a pencil, but that's, well, no. it's close. It is close. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm reading. That's been entertaining. I got it from the library. And I have re-rediscovered Mumford & Sons, Yay. who I haven't listened to in a long time, and have basically, I don't know why I started. They probably showed up on some kind of Amazon Music Station or whatever and heard a song i was like oh gosh i haven't listened to them in a little while and then i started listening to their the last album which is called delta which i had i don't think ever listened to hmm. which came out in like 2018 it's been out for a while and that's what i've been listening to for the last couple of days and it's good it's really mellow it's kind of like they they went they got all big and raucous and like arena rock big and then all of a sudden they still have like the sounds of the arena rock stuff but they've dialed it back like 10 that's years cool. ago I couldn't tell the difference. I, like I had no idea what the difference between Mumford and Sons and the Avi brothers were. Yeah. And they luckily they went in different directions. So it was yeah. became easier yeah, to tell. Totally. But yeah. Yeah. You know, one like sort of random, interesting thing about Mumford and Sons that I was thinking about when I was driving the other day is that Marcus Mumford is like one of the only people I know of who sings in a British, like how you, there's that thing where you usually, like, uh-huh. you just tend not to sing in 
an accent. It all just comes out the same. But he totally sings in a British accent. So. Interesting. He's pulling a Joe Strummer. Yeah. So yeah, been enjoying that. And then haven't really been watching much. We started watching that Inventing Anna show on about the con artist. I'm going to withhold judgment. We're one episode in. It seemed pretty, pretty interesting, but I was also half asleep. But I am reading a, I'm rereading a favorite book right now, which is Wendell Berry's poetry collection called This Day. It is called, it's yeah, This Day Collected in New Sabbath Poems, which they're basically just, he made it this habit of every Sunday he would walk around his property and write a poem. The, poem, the subject matters of the poem, poems are all over the place. They, place. they don't have any sort of themes, but it's just every Sunday he writes a poem and then every five or six years he puts a collection together of these hmm. poems that he wrote on his day of rest. And this is the collected version of them it's really Hmm. fantastic i've loved it since i was in since i was in college it's good stuff yeah and i am writing with a levenger true writer fountain pen that johnny bullied me into buying (laughs) that's that's strong wording there (laughs) i was begging him to bully me into buying uh one of them i'm happy to help (laughs) and i am loving it i'm loving it mcdonald's yeah i am (laughs) It has it it came in a couple days ago and I've been using it all the time and it's like jumped up to maybe being one of my favorite fountain pens because it's just um more on that later. We'll talk about that more later. Oh, but yeah. uh, I'm using that and I'm using <laughs> my Rodia pocket hardback notebook, a little web notebook. Yes. Nice. How about you, Johnny? So I'm a big Britbox fan and um a big Shetland fan. So the I think her name's Anne Cleves. She wrote the novels that they based Shetland on. And she also wrote the novels they based another show called Vera on. Like we have pretty similar taste in TV and he loves Vera, but there are a lot of seasons and the Britbox recently went to the beginning. So recently we watched Vera season one and two, which is interesting because the phones were small, but you know, it's also new enough that it was filmed in HD. So it was a bizarre experience. Time they pulled out a phone, I'm like, these British people are giant. Oh no, that's not a smartphone. But uh, that's very good and not full of horrible language. And I recently read a book called Handbook Binding, a Manual of Instruction by this curmudgeonly dude who does not believe in modern adhesives and swears by uh, wheat paste. So I've been making wheat paste, which is really fun. I was going to say, does he just smear like animal fat on it? Just like, no, he's like, he has a whole thing about how for centuries, da 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 da. I actually, I don't know where the book is. I wanted to read that part. It's really funny. Yeah. I'll make too much noise getting it. But uh, yeah, it's it's not a huge book, but a lot of the bookbinding books I've read have a lot of like, here are the tools you should get. And here's like, this other crap that you should maybe get and history of da And he's like, okay, get these things. And here's how you do it. Let's make a book now. Yes. Let's just get into it. <laughs> so yeah, it was, I've seen some websites like very heavily plagiarized from his book, but it's good. It's not full of very pretty, but hard to decipher photos. Everything is done by line drawings. And I'm pretty sure he does himself. So if you want to just read a random book about bookbinding, check it out. It was also like pretty cheap. And I'm writing with a true writer from Levenger also. Mine is called Carnival, which is timely and also like, oh my God, it looks like 
I don't know, a unicorn ate cotton candy and threw up and they made a pen out of it. <laughs> if you look it up on the internet, it's something else. And as a tribute to Andy, I have it filled with, I'll mispronounce it, Liera Sauvage from mm. Giherbon. Wild Ivy. Is, yeah. <laughs> One of the many <laughs> colors in this pen. Yeah. Ah, yeah. such a good, my favorite green that I've found so far. Yeah, I keep. I've tried a couple different ones. I keep coming back to that one. I'm like, why am I messing yeah. around? This is, this is just perfect. So why don't we jump into fresh points and maybe take a leap of <clears throat> faith? <laughs> yeah. I So let's see where to start. Sometime late last year, I can't remember if it was November or December, Aaron Draplin, he was doing his like, like, 25 days of merch or 12 days of merch miss or whatever it's called where he basically would introduce something new each day and like there were some slippers and there were like some new stickers and he had like a collab with like some mitten company like he would just do all these like like product reveals sometimes it would be a poster and one of them was he is basically he was like look well, first of all, it was on the Field Notes website, and it was just like a big sort of like note, and the conceit was that he took over the Field Notes website and posted this. But it's basically like, look, I have an idea for Field Notes edition, and I can't do it right now. I should be able to do it by like February, March, and you're just going to have to trust me. And he posted a link <laughs> to buy it, <laughs> which I thought was just such a baller move. Aaron Draplin is just such a... <laughs> It's just such a baller. And of course, he had just everybody just eating out of his hands with that, right? So like <laughs> people were posting, just people were buying. left the country. Yep. And then he was like, see ya, going to Fiji. But he, yeah, so, so people ordered it sight unseen. He was like, it's going to be cool, trust me. And yeah, and so didn't hear nothing about it until just a few weeks ago. And he was like, okay, we're getting ready to ship these things. And I'll, so what I'm going to do, we sh- if we had a spoiler horn, I would sound it, but I'm going to describe, I have not yet received mine. I did place an order. Johnny, you placed an order too, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I Tim, mean, you didn't, after, I don't think you did. My, no, I didn't. Yeah. Deliberation. Can't wait to hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so after much deliberation of Aaron just saying like, Hey, trust me, posted the, place the order, but people have been starting to get theirs. And I, if you want to wait to hear about this, you might want to skip over like the next five minutes or so. But I was just going to describe to you a little bit, just like what this edition is. It is, so first of all, it's really cool. It's it's like the same aesthetic as the Deader Prince, but he's not using like old stock. It looks like he's using photos that he is manipulating to, to like make the covers of it. And I I wish I could find the, the inside like practical applications because he had some good descriptions of it. But it looks like he's taking several different kinds of like neon cover stock. I see yellow and orange um, with just some like, just some really good, just sort of like bright application. So yeah, yellow and orange, and I think olive, it looks like are the colors here. But there's some that have just a big bright like halftone on them. There's some that looks like maybe they're just photos from his personal collection. There's some that have pictures of boxes of field notes on the front, which I think is very meta. He has one a picture of his mom. And what's cool is there's one in here that is a picture I'm thinking from a maybe like a Field Nuts meetup or a Field Notes like Chicago meetup. And it has uh, our friend Larry Grimaldi 
And then also a just really great active field nut and somebody who's pretty active in our group, James Spears, on the cover of this field notes. So that, that's pretty amazing. It looks like there's a bright orange grid on the inside. Not a dot grid, but just a regular grid, which is cool. So yeah, I, I don't know yet how many there are out there. I know that there will be a, a very like actively an active trading scene. And yeah. And, don't say. Yeah. I ordered two packs. <laughs> I'll wait to see what are in mine. Haven't got those yet, but yeah, I this is cool. Some people in the Field Nuts group, as always, were not a big fan of it. I think that they were expecting something more like those. Do you remember from like five years ago, those like factory floor ones that had just like the really just heavy, like silver and orange, like applications yeah. of ink? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are cool. I think that people are expecting like that, which like fair, but this is this has that same aesthetic as like a deader, de- a dead print. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think they're from from the pictures I've seen, they look really cool. I'm curious to see what he put inside because he usually uses a different cover stock. That, or um, sorry, mm-hmm. usual, he usually uses different paper than uh, Field Notes uses. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I saw. Man, I can't find it again. I saw the somebody posted a picture of the back cover, the innards, like the specs, and I did not say that I should have, but. I was talking to a friend of the show, Toffer Brutchild, today, and they wanted me to send them some pictures of the field notes that I saw in the nuts. And so, of course, I sent them pictures of it and then also proceeded to just complain about the field nuts, which is my way. (laughs) But yeah, love the way that. So yeah, that is the field notes leap of faith. I'll try to share some pictures in the erasable group once I get mine. And if you want to see some pictures of them yourself and you are in the field nuts group, just head over there and there's some, you can see some spoilers. The other thing I was going to mention is something that we will talk more in depth about in a upcoming issue of Indelible, which is our Patreon only ink podcast. But I wanted to mention, I, I bought a glass nib today, or no, this week, I guess last week, but I bought a glass nib, one of those like hand-blown kind of like twisty glass pens, Mm. dip pens, just because I wanted to sample some inks and it's so darn messy to just like dip your regular fountain pen in it because the ink gets like up inside the nib and then you have to like use a Q-tip and you have to use a paper towel and like just really clean it out before you can switch to the next ink. And with the glass nibs, you just have to like swish it around in some water and that completely cleans it so johnny do you have one of these i do when i test inks i usually use a like a metal dip pen or okay a metal nibbed dip pen okay but they're even those are harder to clean than a, than a glass pen yeah yeah tim do you have a one of these glass nibs no i don't i've used one my uncle has one and that's been fun to mess around with but no I, i'd like to get one do you ever like try to have you tried to just with it continuously like thomas jefferson style and see like how long it lasts <laughs> I I have not yet. The website says or that says that you can you can write like a hundred characters with it with one dip. I don't know if that's true. I mostly had just been writing like a line of text and then like I filled out my color ring like color swatch with it. But mm-hmm. it's yeah, I, I'm told you can write quite a bit with it. This is just a ten like a, it was ten dollars on Amazon. It was really inexp- like surprisingly inexpensive. But I I was inspired. I was at the San Francisco Pen Show last summer and they were Lisa Van Ness and I were just talking a little bit about like glass like nib pens. And of course they sell really fancy, nice ones, like hand blown, right? But (laughs) this one I'm sure is just mass produced for super cheap. It looks like a Harry Potter wand. Like it's really fancy. More fancy than I like really wanted. (laughs) So I was like, Can I get like a minimalist to get glass nib pen? Can you share a link? In the show yeah. notes to the one you got, because 
I just dot into Amazon and oh my god, they have a lot of them. Yeah, this one was one really moleshine. <laughs> it's a moleshine wow. for your moleskine. Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, this one ten dollars. It came with a the pen. It came with a little like resting stand so you can like lay it down with the nib kind of like suspended and tilted backwards and it came <laughs> Some of these have like six of them for 14 bucks like yeah how are these that cheap there's no way it's crazy it came with a bottle of like green shimmer ink that i have not even opened yet because i'm just like i don't even want to know yet how bad this is <laughs> yeah i'll post a link in the show notes of this particular pen but i i used it to so we'll, what we'll talk about is i bought from Van Ness Pens three, six, seven different samples of just some nice springy inks that I that caught my eye after spending some time looking around there. And I used this to just sample those. Really nice. Both the inks are, and then also like it handled like one of these inks has like some shimmer, some pearlescence to it, and it handled that really well. So yeah, big fan of this dip pen. And then yeah, to clean it, you just swish it around in some water and, and dry it off and it's clean. Can't recommend that enough. Very cool. Yeah. So I'll wait. I'll wait to talk about the the spring inks that I dipped into. Some really good ones. Check that out if you are a Patreon subscriber at any level. We'll be posting probably, what, like next week, Johnny? I'm hoping. Yeah, we're way overdue. Yeah, it's been a while. And speaking of which, just quick Patreon announcement. It's just about time to have a fun little gift for our subscribers at the $10 level. So if you've been thinking about getting that subscription, sign up soon. And I'll. this is, what, March 7th? 2022 that I'm, we're recording this maybe by like mid-march so Mar- maybe like march 16th by st patrick's day sign up for st patrick's day and we'll make sure sh- <laughs> oh we'll make sure to include you <laughs> in that was probably racist in some way that i, I'm I don't even realize i can get away with it you're allowed to say it <laughs> i'm allowed to be prejudiced about my people <laughs> that's terrible they're always after me lucky charms <laughs> there it is I'll, I'll be sure to by then we'll have an announcement of what it is that we are are going to do for everybody which i think is pretty cool well that is it for me for fresh points how about you tim well first thing i want to talk about this pen again because i just can't stop looking at it and playing around with it <laughs> my new levenger true writer and i was what like pushed me over the edge with this with because johnny had like hinted in the, the last episode or sometime that he had a small collection of them i'm protecting your the truth <laughs> many of them a very very small that. collection a very <laughs> sensible collection of true writers and i actually have i have two true writers in the rollerball that i was given they started my whole pen obsession because besides the g2s and stuff i used in high school and obsessed over but my dad when i went to college started buying me a pen every year for a few years and he would get them from levenger and he'd have my initials put into the side of them so i had, I had two of those from like 20, 2006 somewhere around there 2007 and loved them and you could put gel pen refills in it and i knew they did fountain pens but i just assumed for the longest time that they would probably be just okay but when johnny talked about his and i ended up going down the research rabbit hole and found the yeah i don't know i i think i assumed it was just marketing copy from levenger saying things like well my i think the owners was it his dad was a penmanship teacher which amazing that actually existed but and that he (laughs) always got Esterbrook pens. And so he said in the the materials that basically they had created the true writer to fill in that gap in the world of like what we lost with Esterbrook pens or those like classic twenties, thirties, forties fountain pens. 
So I was like, all right, I'm sold. I'm going to try it out. <laughs> uh, but Johnny turned me on to this seller on eBay. And I got, it's a black marble medium nib fountain pen with chrome clip and band. Mm-hmm. And it writes so incredibly well. Johnny, does he write true? Uh, very true. It it won't write lies. <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> Sounds like something out of Harry Potter. <laughs> Johnny, does yours have almost like a hooked nib? Yeah, they all okay. bend down a little like cross nibs. Because this one writes in such an interesting way and puts a, such a cool line on the paper that I almost wondered if what I thought was brand new was actually used and somebody had had it ground in some kind of cool way. But I love it. I've got it inked up with the Girbon Pearl Noir Black. Mm. And it, it's just been wonderful. been using it every day all the time and i love it so much and i'm probably gonna buy like 15 more thanks johnny <laughs> i i have a lot of them and <laughs> some of the colors are really hard to track down and it's part of the fun i tell yeah. my bank account <laughs> i've got one i've got one color that i'm just dying to find kind of two and then i'd like to get one in a uh, broad nib wait is what there like that? a website where you can go look at all the colors and past colors and decide well, you can on levenger's website can't you yeah, they have a thing they called have like a like, timeline. The true history of true writers, but they're missing a couple, hmm. including my most recent acquisition of True Teal, which is a is there, teal demonstrator. Can you buy them that are like buy them for cheaper than like eighty dollars? Yeah, Levenger's always got a sale. Like if you get on their list, they will literally email you every day. <laughs> but yeah, they there's, have a, such there's good a coupon sales. code right now for like twenty twenty <clears throat> percent off or something like that. Okay, score. And I got this one on eBay for 50. Okay. That's it's nice. brand yeah. new. But, yeah. I got the one that Tim has on eBay recently for 25, oh, not shit. brand new. And I had to replace okay. it, but still okay. it was worth it. <laughs> yeah. Killer pen just feels very sturdy. feels like it'll last forever. And I, yeah. I've like had them on the bed and Henry's kicked them across the room, like picked it up, looked at it, uncapped it, wrote with it. It's fine. So really quick. What are the, finishes that you're searching for Kyoto sorry Kyoto is my the one that I want the most which is I guess it's like a almost like a tortoise but it just has like some splashes of more color in them so Kyoto is at the top of my list and then some sort of uh, tortoise shell I just like this kind of classic look with these I'm not yeah the Kyoto is basically a tortoise seashell with would you call that like turquoise splashed throughout it or something? Yeah, that's it's lovely. It's a little darker than turquoise, but okay. Yeah, but that's number one on my list. Is so looks like I'll be spending every morning on eBay as I drink <laughs> coffee. Up and a reminder. Yeah. Or, hey, real, uh, real quick, can I read to you the uh, Amazon disc- uh, title for that glass nib? Yes. yes, please. <laughs> this is very much uh, like Tim's uh, Amazon Basics. For content. This is yeah. prime erasable content. <laughs> glass ink pen set, Lux Eve glass dip pen with ink and pen holder, art crystal glass pens for signatures, business Christmas gift glass ink pens, parentheses green, comma basic, parentheses. <laughs> SEO. It's keyword, for signatures keyword. business Christmas gift. <laughs> Classic ink pens. <laughs> it's for all your business Christmas gifts. Word salad. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> That's amazing. There are a lot of Etsy listings that are like that. 
just, they just like, want to capture yeah. every list. My sister, who does a lot of like eBay uh, sales for like vintage toys, will often uh, put like commonly misspelled versions of the words like in the title or in the description so people like <laughs> open searches and she, it's funny because she basically like came to like seo strategies like completely independently of reading of knowing what an seo strategy is oh i love that <laughs> yeah anyhow sorry i didn't mean to interrupt him oh you're fine no, no. yeah so yeah lots of true writer love and i got a feeling there'll be more uh <laughs> yeah and, yeah, it's a rabbit uh, I thought this was a pencil <laughs> podcast. For now, <laughs> one other note: I was just going to mention that Mister Bookbinder Gamber over here sent my kids some notebooks, and I just wanted to say thank you to him on the podcast because he he sent them because we've been going through some tough stuff, starting to get better. But he sent some notebooks, and both my kids have been writing in their notebooks all the time. My yeah. son is using his to basically recreate his own version of these Minecraft novels called Diary of an Eight Bit Warrior. <laughs> so he's like writing wow. his own version of that fan and fiction then, exactly and my daughter is doing more of a traditional journal where she writes one sentence on the left side and then draws a picture to go with it on the right side mm. all very descriptive and very literal and she's already made it through half of her little notebook so cool. her she's plan her plan is to finish the whole book and then to take a few days to go back and color in all the drawings. That's what she's doing, That's which fun. is just delightful to see her like not wanting to leave the house without grabbing her notebook. It makes my heart happy. What? I was going to so. say, I need to make her a bigger one. Yeah, no, she. that's the perfect size for her. She just like grabs it and holds it under her arm and goes, oh, my God, so she loves that's it. That's so very cute. <laughs> yeah, it's very cute. <laughs> uh, and she loves a little pencil loop that you made on the side to like hold the pencil. In it. She's obsessed with it. As soon as she got that little naked pencil that you you sent with it though i was trolling you with that oh i know and then and you gave one to you gave one to henry too and i was like like lusting after this pencil and then he comes back into the room from he walks away and he comes back and he had sharpened it at both ends god damn it it's yours what did you do it's all yours i'm not gonna steal it from you so there i found three and there was another one for you but i didn't send it because i forgot that's funny (laughs) that's all right but no i totally as soon as i saw that i was like my like sort of like hand was reaching out towards it like no that's not for you that's (laughs) Um, don't steal from your children tim they keep like popping up in places it's funny we're multiplying all right so thank you johnny oh you're welcome and last thing and before i passed off to you johnny is we are going to do another book club episode so it's been a good long while since we've done one like seven years (laughs) well yeah well we mean we did like uh caroline's book oh yeah right that would be a book club book and we yeah it's been a long time still and the book that we're gonna try and none of us have actually read this yet. It's just looking for something that's in our wheelhouse and something that would be relevant to the show and to our, our, our listeners. We've picked a book by Matthew Battles and it's called Palimpsest, A History of the Written Word. This book is from, it's pretty new. I think it's 2017. 2015 came out in 2015. So it's a fairly new book. It's a really pretty book, really good cover. And it is just like I guess, just like it's described, it's a history of the written word. It goes back and starts all the way back in like the fourth century BCE, talking about the development of writing and then the invention of the codex by early Christians and then getting into manuscripts and get and so it, it's got a lot of stuff about Chinese writing and calligraphy and all this and just how writing 
physical writing got from its starting point to where it is today. So I have skimmed through the book. There's the audiobooks on Scribd. If you're on Scribd, you can find the audiobook on there if you're into that. But I've Is that how you say that? Scribd? That's all. Scribd, that's what I've always said. Okay. Scribe. <laughs> Scribe. I don't know. Yeah, I've never heard it pronounced, so yeah, I'm pronunciation. A scribd sounds like ribbed. Yeah. No, <laughs> that the, sounds good to me. That's on their website. It says okay. support.scribd. Yeah. So Okay. Go. Cool. Learn something every day. And do, accidentally do, do, do. get something right every day. So Yeah. Anyways, I'm I'm gonna read this is a little like quote from a blurb, but he quotes a room of one's own on writing as a system that can quote, absorb the new into the old without tearing the fabric of the whole, which I think is something that I've heard about this book is some people say it's like fantastic. Some people have commented on him being a very like floral writer, like very, which I'm looking forward to getting into just some um, sort of, sentences that just get off the rails and go wild on a subject that <laughs> I, I care about. <laughs> so, yeah. I yeah so we are going to read this together if, and uh, we'd love for you guys to read along with us. I think we are going to talk about it in sometime in mid April. So it'll be at least two episodes away when we get to it, but I bought my copy on thriftbooks.com. So if you want to go to a place like that or Amazon, you can find used copies for five bucks or something like that. And it's also on, like I said, on Scribd, and you can find the audio version of it on there. Hmm. I hope you'll join us and then let us know what you think. So that's all for me. I'm stoked. Johnny? Yeah. Sure. So this is possibly mean because they sold out today, but there's another field notes that came out recently, which is a collaboration with the United States Postal Service. They're, I don't know what they're officially called, but they're in conjunction with the release of their Title IX stamps. I have so, some of those stamps. Oh, you got them already? Awesome. I don't have the notebooks, but I have the stamps. They're really nice. So I didn't realize why there were four, because there are four different stamps, but each notebook has an actual stamp and the cancellation stamp, bing, bing stamp from the day of release on there. Which bing is stamp. Awesome. Yeah. And apparently you could get them last week by phone, but I don't go to the Field Nuts group very often. And I noticed it today and went in order to pack on the website and then they were sold out pretty quickly after that. But when you buy something from the postal services website, it's the postal service. They don't charge you shipping. They charge like, I don't know, a dollar. They are shipping. Yeah. What if they just send it through like DHL or something? I I buy my stamps from them. They charge like a dollar 30 for however many you want. They show up quickly and with a lot of packaging these days, but that's another story. But uh, they're gray, and I just read a couple comments that whatever the cover stock is feels really delicious. But the Postal Service does not have a lot of info about them on them, which is weird because they they do that. Tim, when you are the Postmaster General, will you make a collaboration with every field notes? I don't think we'll do anything other than make field notes. Okay. (laughs) Just pivot to field notes. It's going to be a notebook brand. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah. Perfect. (laughs) Funny story, outside Baltimore, there's a town called Gamber after my family, and there's a road called Old Gamber Road. Apparently, my <laughs> great-grandfather, great-grandfather was postmaster up there. Going to take you down to Old Gamber Road. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, I need to move there. I wonder if I could be this like, automatic mayor. 
Or at least <laughs> next time we come to visit, we're all going to go and steal the street sign. I mean, oh yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> oh, but the, I'll these bring, are like I'll bring my ratchet set. Let's do this. <laughs> these are suburban street signs that are up like really high in the intersection. Oh boo! We can make it happen. Yeah, we we'll just stand on each other's shoulders. Yeah, like the Three Stooges. We'll just yeah, like, <laughs> get a really long trench coat. Firemen. <laughs> get the uh, fire truck up there. There you go. <laughs> I'll bring us. I'll bring some kind of like circular saw that'll cut through metal we'll make it quick the in and out it'll be like oceans 11 but way more dremels. <laughs> yeah, three dremels going at once from lsi so i'm sure they have an attachment for that <laughs> like the, the pranksters kit it's like oh crap where do we plug it in <laughs> little bastard prank box or something they might got any triple a's <laughs> so yeah the, I don't want to advertise my wares, but there are new zines out. You could find them at Etsy shop. And that's all I'll say about that. And no, I, wait, go back. What kind of zines? Hmm? What kind of zines oh, are but, they, Johnny? They're about pencils and pens. Oh, really? <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> Shocker. Actually, the pencil zines aren't really about pencils that much anymore. They're sort of like our podcasts. There's like a little bit of pencils in the beginning and then not. <laughs> but nobody's <laughs> complained. So. I'm going to keep at it. Look, we're like eight years in. We just expanded our topic a little bit. I think it's fine. Yeah. yeah. We're seven years past what we thought we would be able to do. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Actually, in a couple of days, it'll be eight years. Yeah. Great. Oh, oh wow. Man. Insane. Yeah. The children that didn't exist yet and the children who were babies pooping their pants when we started. <laughs> this is the longest creative project, including like employment that I have ever stuck with. So... Oh man, yeah, me too. Yeah, like, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, probably okay, will be gotta, forever. <laughs> we we got to make another two so we can do some really bonkers stuff for ten years. Oh yeah, oh definitely. Oh yes. And my last fresh point is, I have been struggling with a commission book for bookbinding that's like just this enormous sketchbook. So I finally finished it, and if you want to know what a moleskin would look like if it was the size of a phone book, that'll be on social media this week before I send it out. You should do a a case study on your on Pencil Revolution, just showing like talking about like what it took to make it and how it went. All the cuss words. (laughs) Yeah, all the cuss words. Yeah, there was a point where I just redid the cover because I didn't like how it was turning out. I'm like, oh wait, I'm the boss. I can just do that. Like, it's I'm up to me now. Schedule. I'm Mr. Manager. Say manager. <laughs> I've been working with Craftex a lot lately, which is a paper based or I'm sorry, it's a fabric that's made of paper, but it's as tough as leather. So like if you don't buy the pre-washed kind, you can't use it until you crumble it and wash it and crumble it and wash it. So it's neat. It's really cool stuff. But excuse me, it's expensive and different to work with. But yeah, I'm just, I haven't sent it yet because I don't want to let it go. I put a lot of uh, work into it. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all black. Like everything in this book except the paper is black. So I'm working on more colorful stuff now. Get my eyesight back. <laughs> I'm doing a lot of squinting. I'm like, I'm sewing black thread on black paper on black cloth. I'm like, oh my God. Wait, so the, the inside paper is black too? Nope, the paper is the only thing there that's not black. Okay, okay. Oh, I'm a liar. There's a pocket in the back that has gray book cloth to on the sides to make it more durable, but it's almost. How much do you charge for something like that? A lot. This one, I quoted a price before I realized how involved it was going to be, but I would charge a lot more if I did it again. 
Like if I wanted to order something like this, not me. Like if just some random person wanted to order something like this. Well, this like one sixty was bucks. Okay, one hundred and twenty-five. But yeah, it's a lot for one hundred twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> it's got like a lot of really nice paper in it, and the cover material is really expensive. Hmm. But it's fun. I expanded my skill set. Yeah, and I only stabbed myself twice making this book. <laughs> but I had a moment where I was getting close to the end of the sewing and it was a complicated stitch that I had to make up and I heard this loud like snap. I'm like, no, but it was the needle broken half. So pop it on your finger. Keep going. I thought I cracked the spine somehow. I'm like, oh There's no, I thought like, craft tags was bulletproof. Think about like old school hand bound books. Like I wonder if any of them, if you split open the if you like split open the binding, you would find like blood. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like, find, like evidence of like handmade. Like, I don't know. there's only one way to find out, Tim. We have to go destroy a Let's bunch see. of old books to, to Harvard. Let's get <laughs> <laughs> so my kids have a bunch get your of box notebooks. cutters, boys. We're going to Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> my kids have books that have blood in them because, uh, oh wow, make them one like a drop of blood. I might put a wipe off, but sometimes I've like bled profusely on stuff. <laughs> Like one of the medications I take thins my blood out, and like it's visibly thin. It's it's like a horror movie. Like look <laughs> at that go. Can you use it as a fountain pen ink? When I get my glass dip pen, I'm gonna try. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah you are. It, yeah, I'll leave it with my collection of awls. Next time I get a wound, I'll try to dip it. I'm totally not joking. <laughs> yeah, wow. my my collection of awls. I need to like take some photos of those. Jenny's all-, all in. I have to sterilize them because they go into my hands so much. <laughs> Johnny's all in his hand. It's all good. It's all good in the hood. Yeah. <laughs> I just got that. I'm slow tonight. Sorry. Yeah. I would be cool if Hold somebody up. made one with a wooden handle with an owl so they could call it the owl all. <laughs> <laughs> I'd buy like 10 of those. <laughs> okay. So. Why don't we call up Ashley and stop talking about things that stab paper in my hands and writing with her? Perfect. Book. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> While we have been the bearers of sad news regarding brick and mortar stationery shops in the recent past, tonight we get to talk about some good news, especially if you live in Char- in or near Charm City. A few months ago, I got a pen pal letter from my friend Caroline Weaver, and in there was a really cool looking business card, and she wrote a message like, a new stationery shop is opening in Baltimore, and what do you do when you get that? You're like, squee, squee! So (laughs) I was like haunting the Instagram, and Ashley Coaxum opened the Paper Herald in Baltimore's famous Mount Vernon neighborhood late this fall, and Ashley is kind enough to join us for an interview tonight, which is Monday, her only day off, and we're very excited to have you. Thanks for joining us, Ashley. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us on day off. This means a lot. Hey, happy yeah, to be here. <laughs> so we have a bunch of questions and I'm already talking. So I'm going to jump in and go first, if that's okay. Can you tell us a little about yourself? Like, are you from the Baltimore area originally? And what were you doing before Paper Herald? Sure. So I'm originally from Washington, D.C., I used to live approximately 100 feet from the now National Stadium and (laughs) went to college in Atlanta. And after college, moved to New York. I worked on Wall Street for many years. My family has always been in real estate for 
several generations. And I always knew that ultimately I wanted to end up in that industry. So went to business school after business school, kind of dove right in, did real estate development in DC and worked at a nonprofit related to real estate after that. And development was my world for some time. And I never knew what the next step would be, but I always knew that I wanted to work for myself. So when I was thinking about what my next step would be, I randomly took some inspiration from my favorite movie, You've Got Mail. And <laughs> which is so just every like romantic girl's dream. And I said, you know what, maybe I should open like a bookstore. So didn't know anything about <laughs> bookstores, but I Googled how to open a bookstore. And there was this great course in Florida, Amelia Island by Pads and Associates. And they have a course on opening bookstore and several well-known bookstores have been opened by folks who have gone through this course. So went through the course, had a great time, came home and that was literally probably two weeks before COVID hit. And I, I sat on the idea for quite a while because I didn't really connect with just a fully, a flush, full flush out bookstore, but I didn't know, I just couldn't get really rid of this idea. So my husband actually was the one who said, he's like, you have to open something because I'll never hit the end of this. And (laughs) (laughs) he said, why don't you like open a stationary store? Like you spend all of this money getting Japanese stationary, like waiting months, like you're spending all of this money on stuff, pens and pencils, and your office is just like overcrowded with all this stuff. Maybe other people have a similar interest. So that's when it really clicked for me. And that was probably about a year and a half into uh, COVID. So my father, who's also in real estate, tapped me and said, hey, I know this realtor, he's in Baltimore. Have you considered where you would potentially open this. And I had really tabled the idea. And the first property that I saw was 702 St. Paul. So, and it was perfect. My development mind just like went crazy that the store was vacant. So that's how I opened the Paper Herald and really just wanting to find other people that wanted to experience and and touch and feel stationary like myself. And it's very similar to how I wanted to like feel and touch real estate. Awesome. So what was in that shop before? So it was a laundromat for quite a few years. (laughs) Yeah, quite a few years. And every day someone comes in and has this nostalgic moment about... Try to give you a shirt. (laughs) Yes, a crazy story at the laundromat. It's right next to the Pivati Institute. So a gentleman came in a couple of weeks ago and talked about how the owner gave him a key to practices cello at night. So, you know, people are really nostalgic about the laundry mat, but they come in to see what's new. Such wow. a Baltimore story. So I love a little bit. It sounds like you've already been a stationary fan, Ashley, like you're buying Japanese pens and it sounds, <laughs> it sounds like you were already one of us. Can you talk a little bit more about kind of your background with stationary and either A, how that played into your kind of like previous job and career path and how you connected that together? Sure. So I have always been a stationary person. 
my grandfather, who was in real estate, used to send me money, <laughs> most of my, <laughs> when I was young. And the stipulation was that I had to write a thank you note, a handwritten one. Mm. And even throughout college, he would send me $100 every month on the first. And if by the second I hadn't put something in the mail, it was like a problem. So very early on, I learned how to kiss the ring and show my appreciation. And it has helped me in so many different ways. I got my first job in development because I hand wrote thank you notes to everyone that I interviewed. And they were so taken aback that someone would go pay for nice stationary handwrite or personal notes, mail them that they said that was the reason that I was able to land the job out of, you know, so many other folks. So I've always loved stationery. For me, it's a way to connect to the past and memorialize your thoughts. And unlike who knows who unearths what the computers we use today are, but when you open a capsule from a hundred years ago, you can, you know, still read what they left behind because it's on paper. Um, it's not yeah. like something you have to like plug in or download. So I've always been a paper person. I think I... I always loved it, but I never really knew that there was, I guess, elevated uh, stationery. There were levels to the stationery game, I guess. Until, <laughs> it goes so uh, deep. It's, it's <laughs> so deep and I'm not even, <laughs> I feel like I'm a newbie. So, But I think when I studied abroad in Strasbourg, France, and American kid in France with all these other kids and school starting and you're like, wait, I need I need back to school supplies. I'm like in the store. I don't even know what these French notebooks look like. And then it <laughs> dawned on me like, like this is paper just, just like I use in the States, but there was an extra care that was taken into it and people really valued their stationery and what that meant and what that signaled to the person who received it or its use. So I think that's when I took a little bit more care uh, and, and attention and have used it throughout my career and I think my personal life. And now I'm deep in. So when I <laughs> when I think about what to stock in the store, I often have kind of two devil and angels on my shoulder. I'm definitely thinking of what would I like to see in the store? What have I seen on the websites when I was looking for stationery but wanted to feel and touch in the store? But I'm always looking for those kind of red herrings, items that I probably likely would never stock. I, I'm not a big cat fan to probably so many people's chagrin, but everything that I stock that has a cat on it sells like crazy. <laughs> but, you know, I try to take in that feedback from, from what folks are looking for and also try to have a, a curated view of what I enjoy in the stationery yeah. world. Ashley, you have a really great website and the store looks really beautiful and it's in a really cool area of the city as far as I can tell and what I've heard from Johnny. Do you have plans to host any sort of like events with the Paper Herald? Yes. So the first event we'll have is for Mother's Day. We'll have a Mother's Day workshop, but I definitely plan to have workshops in the futures, everything related to probably have some book readings, definitely, you know, calligraphy. I've had requests for private parties. Don't know if we'll go that far, but we'll definitely have some workshops that are either seasonal or perpetual ones, maybe by small groups. Cool. I think I know a local guy who's probably got a beret and some zines he can read at your podcast. <laughs> I, so. I, I think he's a pretty cool guy too. So that could be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said events and like Charlotte wants a birthday party this year. No, right. With a cake. I've, I've gotten so many requests for birthday parties. So we'll see. We'll That's, see. That sounds like a nightmare. So sort of related, the local guy has the question of, are you going to maybe have some like Baltimore stuff in your store, like write notepads or even work with Zeke's coffee to get like, 
I don't know, the Harold Morning Blend. I'm obsessed with coffee, so that sounds mm. like a great idea. Definitely write notepads. We carry Tiny Dog Press, Odessa oh, awesome. Rose. So we'll definitely explore uh, more Baltimore and regional brands. That's definitely something that I want to highlight. And we typically have a good variety of books about Baltimore. I think there are so many positive things about the city. My grandparents are from Baltimore. My family has grown up in this area for centuries. So it's some it's like a personal quest for me to highlight all the wonderful things about Baltimore and its history of the surrounding area. Awesome. I guess I don't know. Baltimore doesn't seem that great to me. I think it's fine if you don't. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just just baiting Johnny. It's fine. Come come over to this coast and say yeah. that. <laughs> no, I it was just like two years and a week yeah. when we were there last. And when Tim and I and Johnny were together, the three of us together for the first time, and we, we got matching tattoos on Reed Street. <laughs> we ate lots of really good food. So I had such a good time in Baltimore. I can't wait till we can go yeah. back. So I'm just kidding. Would love it if we can just geek out a little bit about, about stationery, Ashley. Often we have some stories about how we can trace our interest in stationery back to like one thing, like one pen or one notebook or, or one pencil. And I know that you were, you got started in stationery with like writing handwritten letters. Do you have like a stationery story with like with one tool or one pen or whatever that you can share? I would say my grandfather was a big fan of cranes, stationery. Mm. I think that over time, I love the, the, the Claire font. Hold on. Let me make sure I say that right, because I don't want to push Oh, Claire Fontaine? <laughs> yeah, the Claire Fontaine. Yeah. I was going to roll my R, but I deferred. <laughs> the Claire Fontaine notebooks, what I used in college. For years, I used a Big Pid, which I'm even embarrassed to say, but I've grown in life. But <laughs> I'm a pretty simple person. I think I used to try to make my own paper, honestly, mm. when I wrote like love letters, etc. So I'm an equal opportunist. And... It's funny because I used to feel bad about that, but the more that I understand what kind of paper people, they like what they like and yeah. it doesn't really matter um, how elevated something may seem or basic. It harkens back to that nostalgic moment that they remember. So we've, um, I don't we've say, done, I can't say that. I, <laughs> yeah. We've Sorry, done whole episodes about the bit crystal. So just how great yeah. it is. <laughs> So you yeah. definitely like, yeah, don't feel ashamed for liking basic tools. Yeah, it's it's like when you know better, you do better. But I will say the most surprising thing, the first day that we were opening, op open during the grand opening, I had this raffle for uh, a big thing of stationery. And to fill out the raffle, I used a Sharpie rollerball. And can I tell you that people ask me about that pen all the time? It's like, people are like, hey, when are you going to carry that Sharpie rollerball? I'm like, we have so many other pins, but this particular <laughs> one just really struck their fancy. And they were looking around like, do you sell this here? Like, I love this. Pen. You're like, definitely don't check Walmart. I'll be, I'll have yeah. some next week. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'll I'm get like, some next week. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So now I think when I'm writing something, I usually use something like, Le Pen, if yeah. I'm feeling fancy, a Quaco or something like that. But it's interesting. You feel like depending on the type of paper I'm writing on, I tend to, to switch up my pens. Yeah. I love that. I was just looking in your website and you have like a refillable rollerball from Urban, who makes some of my favorite Ooh. fountain pen inks. So I'm really interested in like 
picking that up and seeing how that works because yeah my my very favorite green ink is J Urban so <laughs> yeah so what are some of your well, you've told us about some of the, the early stuff with the crane stationery, but like, what's some of your favorite stuff today that you used? You mentioned the Kofeco and the, what are they called? The Le, Le Petit? Le Pen. Le Pen. <laughs> yeah. So like, what are some of your favorite things today that you've maybe discovered uh, recently or just have entered into your everyday use? I would definitely say my favorite notebook to date is probably Rhodia. I love their gold book. I feel like it's a holy grail. I won't men- mention the name of the journal that I don't carry that starts with an M and ends with a skin. But but I love it for many reasons. Throughout grad school, I really bullet journaled a lot. And it has a lot of the features that I like. It has an index, perpetual calendar. All the pages are numbered. It has a pin loop, great quality of paper, no bleed through, no ghosting. It's just like a workhorse. So that's my favorite notebook, I would say. The majority paper is amazing. They're binding is flawless. And I just think it's particularly like their smaller sizes in B5 and B6 are just nice to carry around. I'm, I use it all and everything I carry, I pretty much love. So that it's hard uh, because I feel like on a day-to-day basis, but I've switched from real estate to consulting because I'm like a, a stationary therapist that people come in they're like I want to do this specific thing and I need (laughs) something very particular and I'm really neurotic about these particular features do you have it and usually nine times out of ten we have something in the store or I can recommend something so but yeah I switch around as far as planners I change planners probably three times a year so I'm currently um, in a rifle planner but I've used passion planner cloth and paper has some amazing transparent tabs that I love. I've used planner, washi tape, all of that great stuff. I love. I would say one of my favorite brands that I discovered was the Completest out of the UK. They're just design and is really minimalist, but fun. So I love their notebooks and their planners. So I really try to find planners from across the world. My goal is to at least have every continent represented and as many states represented as possible. And it's just great to see and learn about stationery and why are the margins, you know, so thin or wide from a particular country. I hope to develop that more as I gear up a blog, really understanding the history because all of that kind of harkens back to, you know, why we started as humans using paper, why we felt the need to memorialize our thoughts. So I hope to explore that in the future. But I, everything in the store I love, and even some of the things that I'm a little hesitant to stock. I'm always surprised when someone's like, this is exactly what I was looking for. Or I used to use this (laughs) as a child. I get a lot of folks who come in and they love the pin wall and they just get a thrill out of seeing gel pins that they haven't seen since they were in in middle school. And they're just like giddy, right? Um, So for a lot of people, it feels like being a kid in a candy store and like a little treat, a little pick me up in these kind of like uncertain times. Yeah. You know, that makes me like just hearing you describe that part. Could you like describe your shop to people who haven't been there or seen pictures? Like, what is the experience like of entering your shop? Like, what are the different sections and what are your kind of favorite parts of it? The shop? Sure. So, I really went with a very light and airy approach to the shop. A 15-year-old came in two weeks ago and said that it was aesthetic and that made my year. A 15-year-old giving a very honest and positive opinion 
is noteworthy. Um, so I have a couple of different sections. So the interior of the space is completely white. When we were thinking about the space, I exposed the ceiling because it is historic. It's a part of a historic neighborhood and building. I wanted to like highlight that feature. So the kind of ceiling is exposed. You can see the, the beams and it's white and bright. Um, huge windows. Um, so thankful for artists like Sean Danaher, who did hand-painted lettering on the windows, which kind of display our offerings. And when you come into the store, to the right is the greeting card section and the pin testing. That was super important to me to have an area where you could test the pins and pencils. There's a greeting card section, which is like ever-expanding because people I get a lot of requests uh, for more greeting cards. Also have a pin wall, a pin and pencil wall to the right. As you come around to the left, I have different sections for creative supplies, books, uh, notebooks and two large tables in the center flanking that I change out pretty frequently, whether it's seasonal or as I get more notebooks and stationery, I display them there. And I also have a section before you come to the cash wrap, which is just for like desk accessories. So people love caddies. They love, this is where you find all of the racers. So all the John Hopkins and Peabody students come in and love the that I have so many erasers and refills. And then there's like the wall with the washi tape that people just love to explore. And I will say probably the biggest surprise are from that section is the pop-up stickies, which are a fan favorite amongst kids and adults. So, so yeah. Nice. Sounds delightful. So Ashley, if you could design your dream pencil with any conceivable set of characteristics that you're either make up or have seen in other pencils, what would that pencil look like, write like, smell like, feel like, all those, all the things? I love this question because if I had, my ideal pencil would actually have a recorder that says like, don't write that like, <laughs> or a grammar check that says actually that's not the way it's spelled because I don't have the best spelling. But Sounds I like really you need Microsoft spell. Word to be your pencil. Ex exactly. And <laughs> it works well because the icon in Microsoft Word was a pencil. So, you know. Oh, playing yeah. on that. But exactly, right? So <laughs> I think ideally I have really small hands and it I really like like jumbo pencils. Like I'm a kid. Like I love jumbo pencils, but I really like the thin lead. So ideally it would not be too large. So I imagine it's like a step up from like a golfing pencil, <laughs> but really jumbo with a nice refillable eraser. Green is my favorite color that could edit my writing at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say some parts of that you could definitely like work with like Musgrave or somebody yeah. to, to produce. I, I don't know about that last part though, about you know, editing <laughs> automatically, but you know, <laughs> I'm sure you can find somebody who can. I'm sure editing. kids would pay money for that. <laughs> like, actually, mom, I need this new pencil that edits my papers. <laughs> what are your, some of your favorite, like, IRL pencils that you either that you stock or that you like using? I like Blackwing pencils. Gosh, Rhodia has a nice pencil that I like. Oh, the um, triangular one? Yes, the triangular yeah. one, which is much easier on my little hands. Tomboy has a mechanical <laughs> pencil that I like that's super smooth. My sister, mm. she she has studio. She's in interior designing. So she actually purchased it before I even really had a chance to test it out. And I yeah. really like that mechanical pencil. I really do like mechanical pencils. But, you know, when I write with pencils, I write a little too 
aggressively. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> constantly flying through lead, but we'll see. I just got in brass that has like big fat, like lead piece on it. So, oh yeah. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. got one of those really nice. in Washington that time. Yeah. I've got one of those. Those are fun. Yeah. So we'll, see. we'll see. Yeah. We'll play around with that one a little bit. For mechanical pencil. We don't really like mechanical pencils in this podcast, but <laughs> we'll let you, we'll let this slide. That's like a clutch pencil. So like, that that's true. That that's go. better. Yeah, it's technically, better. it's a very simple yeah, mechanism. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, you have to tell me the story why you guys don't like mechanical pencils. Or <laughs> I don't even have to find anymore. that out in another podcast. <laughs> I mean, it's five years. I don't really remember. Yeah, it's, it's been part of the lore. I enjoy a vintage like celluloid mechanical pencil very much. Okay. There's <laughs> a, a really snotty thing to say. There's this this book called How to Sharpen Pencils by David Reese. And it's a it's an entire book just about how to <laughs> sharpen pencils. And he has a whole chapter that's entitled something like a brief word on mechanical pencils. And <laughs> we just picked that up. And because you, ha- you have to like the entirety of the chapter is mechanical pencils are bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's chapter it. So, 11. Yeah. I think that's just yeah. to set your set your boundaries somewhere. So we <laughs> we went with we like to sharpen and smell the wood can't smell the wood i love it pencil so i love it like you're inspiring me to go get a pencil sharpener like one that's attached to the wall that'd be great (laughs) you could get the exacto school pro and put it by your cash wrap (laughs) well people come in they love the mitsubishi pencils and i definitely want to have some musgraves and black wings in the store but yeah i think they just uh, particularly those who you know have traveled to Japan or lived in Japan, it, it's very nostalgic yeah. um, for them as well. So, I mean, especially like all the vintage kind of packaging they have these days. So, yeah. So, so what are some? We got to know what are some of the strangest requests that you've had from guests at your store, or things that they wanted you to stock or order that not necessarily maybe not just strange, but just like most unexpected. Like, wow, okay, gosh, Was not well, every to hear day, that much. so. <laughs> yeah, every day someone calls me and asks me if I sell reams of paper, of printing paper. It sounds so that, like some <laughs> some weirdo named named Johnny Gamber. <laughs> cleaning I don't want to tell you how much paper I've yeah. bought them last week. <laughs> I know, so I'm even considering like perhaps I should just stock one brand of reams of paper because it's a daily request. Definitely gotten some simple requests, but things that I hadn't really considered, flashcards. I got a lot of requests for flashcards, very particular types of tape that I've gotten requests for. I have gotten more and more requests for a five manuscript journal from the Peabody students. So yeah, I want to carry as much stuff as the community would like. Just, um, just wait till the, the, the chalk people find you. like the chalk Oh, I know, oh. I know, right? And it's <laughs> being close to Micah and all of these great schools, right? In a pinch, you really want to be their go-to. So those are some of the craziest ones. And most people who don't know that I'm a stationery store think that I'm a newspaper. So I have gotten calls asking to cover particular <laughs> stories. This one gentleman called me and asked me to cover his renovation of his boat. He thought was pretty <laughs> important. And did you? <laughs> I did not, but I felt invested. I, I should have asked for pictures. I get a lot of online searches that I can see on my back end, like reporter, editor, are some of the yeah. things that they type in looking to see if I'm a newspaper. <laughs> the Baltimore um, Paper so, Herald. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's funny. So I've gotten a couple of those asking if I can run stories. So. 
<laughs> but who knows? Uh, maybe I'll carry some like reporter notebooks just yeah. for uh, giggles. Yeah. yeah. Right. Notepads has a new color. I just mm-hmm. saw like a half hour ago. Like, ooh. <laughs> you could do a, a zine called the Paper Herald because there's a zine about everything but not paper. And the funny thing about the name. So I wanted to start a blog that kind of talked about the history of stationery, which I will do eventually. And that's how I came up with a name. I was like, what if it was like a newspaper theme? Let's run with this. And then I had already bought the website. (laughs) So by the time I opened the (laughs) store, I didn't want to change the name. So I just kept it. So something's going to come out of that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what's in store for the Paper Herald? Especially as Maryland is bragging about our COVID numbers and how great they are and people are shopping around. Are there specific brands or items or lines or things like that that you're planning on to carry soon or not soon? Yeah, I try to go through quarterly and really make sure that I'm carrying, have a balance of brands. So I really look for smaller brands, Baltimore, Maryland makers. I would like to carry. I've gotten a lot of interest for regular stationary sets, which I was a little surprised about, but I increasingly get more and more folks who I think in these kind of tough times want to write letters again, which is great. So definitely want to expand that section, dipping the toe into exploring more fountain pens, rollerballs, etc. But I, I do not proclaim to be an expert, but I definitely want to explore that. And definitely eventually having customary stationery. We get a lot of requests for that. And, and that's probably the next iteration of where we're headed. Cool. Hmm. So I think that kind of wraps up most of the questions we had, Ashley. Do you, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to make sure you mention? Uh, anything that you want our listeners to know about? Not really. I think you guys did such a great job with the questions. They can definitely always visit us at 702 St. Paul Street in Baltimore, Maryland. Our website is the paper is paperherald.com. And uh, they can always follow us on Facebook or Instagram at the Paper Herald. And just Look forward to seeing everyone in person or our faraway friends online and would love any suggestions or cool ideas folks have. That's a great thing about small businesses is that we can be nimble and flexible and everything that that you want isn't necessarily on Amazon, which is a great thing. So <laughs> you might be surprised it's in, your, it's in your local small business. So I always yeah. get a thrill when someone says that they went to Barnes and Noble and couldn't find what they want, but they found it at the shop. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> they can never forget. Yeah. 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 Well, thank well, you, Ashley, so for, yeah. Go on, yeah, Taylor. It's really nice talking. To you. No, it's really been really nice talking to you. And we look forward to coming to see your shop in person. And Johnny has, has been threatening to troll us with pictures of how cool your shop is. Whenever he gets <laughs> so we will <laughs> let that fuel us to, till we finally can make it over there. Yeah, Charlotte Absolutely. has made me promise not to go without her. <laughs> like, you're a child. You're not my boss. Hey, Johnny, you need to promise the same thing to me. So just, yeah. Just yep. Andy and Tim, can you tell folks where to find you guys on the internet? Yeah, I am at andy.wtf as my website. And then at a Wellfully from uh, Twitter and Instagram. How about you, Tim? You can find me on Instagram at Tim Wassum, And I'm on Sorry, no. I'm on Twitter at Tim Wassum and on Instagram at Timothy Wassum. 
And I'm Johnny. I'm at PencilRevolution.com on social media at Pencilution and on Etsy at PencilRevolution.etsy.com. We are Erasable. Yay! If you are on Spotify, our website's at Erasable.us. This is episode 178, which will be at Erasable.us slash 178. You can check out our Facebook group at Facebook.com slash groups slash Erasable for a very rare friendly corner of the internet. And we're on social media at Erasable Podcast. And we would like to thank our Patreon patrons who are at the nubbin level. And this is a big list, so I'm going to take a drink of water. And if we haven't mentioned it in a while, for folks who support us at this level, you are a producer. So you get producer credits, which is fun. So in no particular order, except for how Patreon gave them to me this morning, thank you to Angie, Matthew Siobhan, Andrew Austin, Tara Whittle, Ida Evers, David Johnson, Phil Munson, Donnie Pierce, Bill Black, Miriam Bookout, Diana Oakley, Tom Keekley, Andre Torres, Kyle, Paul Moorhead, Jamelia, Stephen Fransali, Aaron Willard, KP, Millie Blackwell, Chris L., Bob Ostwald, Michael Dialosa, Jacqueline R. Myers, Tana Feliz, Jaff X in the Midwest. Awesome. And so... <laughs> Joe Crace, Measure Twice, Michael Hagen, Chris Metzges, Bill Clow, Random Thinks, Jason Dill, Dave McDonald, Mary Collis, Alex Jonathan Brown, Andre Prevost, Kathleen Rogers, Bobby Letzinger, Kelton Weems, Scott Hayes, Hans Newman, Jay Newton, Chris Wood, Chris Jones, sorry, and John Wood. Thank you, and we'll talk to you in two weeks. Do you like our podcast? Most people like our podcast. But if you don't like our podcast, maybe we'll turn it off. Mm.